Hey, Fifth Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone, and welcome on into this very special episode of Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And Laura, you and I know a thing or two about living in a college football town, but I'm pretty certain to say that everyone's favorite time of year is right around the corner, and that is college football season. To celebrate DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. You're going to want to take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right, DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. You don't even have to be right. Make sure you head over to DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they're offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbooks. For details, gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. So, Laura, before you run over to DraftKings.com slash sportsbook, how are you doing on this fine, really stormy evening? We're recording on Thursday night, and apparently Central Ohio is just getting smothered with storms, and I'm over here in Athens, like a little, like, oasis. Like, it's not raining. It's humid as hell, but it's not raining, so. Yeah, it's been straight up pouring for, like, an hour and a half. Time to build in, an arc? In Newark. Newark? You're going to build the Newark arc? Um, yep. Well, and <laughs> you transitioned so quickly into weather. I was going to pretend that I like knew stuff about college football and be like, kind of represent the two places that mean the most to us um, with a first, because I'm doing it. OH. I O. And then a OU. Oh, yeah, girl. Come on. What you know about the Bobcats? Oh, that was so good. Look at you. Thank you. You're I have right in. I have worn my OU shirt while recording this before. But Go Cats. Have you really? Yeah. It's one of my favorite shirts. I love that shirt. Um, it's, it's a good one. It was my purchase, so I didn't look like I was a weirdo that time I came to homecoming with you. Hey, I promise you got to do some weird shit down here to look like a weirdo at homecoming. Like you've got to be out of whole pocket. Like you, like you can't like, like not not wearing an OU shirt is not even going to become close to qualifying you for weirdo in Athens on that weekend. I mean, my best friend did try to take a nap in the middle of a grassy parking lot median. So. And she did take it. Where were we that she felt like, where did she take a nap? (laughs) At Jackie O's. Oh, Jesus. 
she rallied. She rallied real quick and real hard. But listen, she if, did. Any, if anybody from the good old Jackie O's down here in Athens, Ohio is listening, we'd love, we'd love to, to be a partner. Both yes. sponsorship our way. We're big fans. What you know about a Ricky? I had multiple pickle shops in your establishment. God, but you can't. I, as great as that is, you got to get the beer. I know you're not like a huge beer person, but like. I have beer there as well. Love that. I'm a big my guy myself. I had the raspberry, the ras wheat. I was about to say, you better put some respect on the name. You better not. I was getting there. Jesus. You did. You I'm did. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, Laura, we've got a really fun one today. Um, you know, not a ton of stuff is happening in Blue Jackets land. We'll get to the little bit that happened in Blue Jackets land after, after this interview, but we got a chance. We teased it last week to sit down um, with Dina Weinheimer, who was we. It was so fun. It was just such a friendly and fun and casual conversation, and and it was amazing. It was absolutely fantastic. We were, uh, you know, I don't know what, why I just lost the word. Lucky. We were very lucky. <laughs> Jesus, I'm sorry, Dina. <laughs> you're, the intro that we recorded in your actual interview is better than what's happening right now. But, and fortunate. I was also looking for fortunate. You got there. It's been a week, y'all. Um, so, we were very fortunate to, um, you know, first meet Dina in, via Twitter and um, have had some really great interactions. We finally got to meet. Uh, first time was for, you know, some unfortunate circumstances, uh, meeting her at the memorial for Matisse Kivletics. Uh, but since then, we have met her in happier times. She's absolutely lovely. And my God, is she your absolute expert when it comes to the Cleveland Monsters. Girl knows her stuff. Yeah, she does. Um, and, you know, with it being the off season, with it now being the sort of dead zone area of the off season. We really wanted to highlight um, everything that's going on in Cleveland and pretty much how more people need to start paying attention to what's happening in Cleveland and with the monsters, because with the blue jackets being in a full fledged rebuild, uh, the fellows that are playing in Cleveland are going to end up being very crucial parts to what this team looks like um, over the next few years. So we're excited about Cleveland. We want to get you guys excited about Cleveland and really, really introduce you to one of our new favorite people because um, this interview was such a blast to record. And as much as Laura and I can try to get you excited for Cleveland hockey, we pale in comparison to the way that Dina can do it. So without further ado, we're going to throw it over to that interview and we will catch y'all on the opposite side of it. We are so lucky to introduce this very special guest on the show today. Our friend Dina Weinheimer is the AHL editor for Field Pass Hockey, uh, writing specifically about the Cleveland Monsters and all things AHL. And you can be on the lookout for Monsters Musings, which is Dina's podcast. She's in the business too, y'all, so you're going to want to give her a shout out. Dina, how are you doing today, friend? I'm awesome. How are the two of you doing? We are mad decent. Yeah, we're good. We're very excited to be uh, finally uh, recording with you. This has been um, on our list for a while, so we are very excited. 
Oh, I feel so special. Well, you are <laughs> Thank special. You. And, and I, well, I'm going to let you tell the listeners just how special you are. So could you tell us a little bit about like what your story is, um, how you got to where you are, and uh, you know, just some of those little fun tidbits? Well, to take my 37 years, 37, yeah, 37. I had to think about how old I was <laughs> um, and put it all into like 30 seconds. Grew up in Coshocton uh, in Eastern Ohio. Uh, actually, my junior and senior year of high school, I was a afternoon news reporter and DJ at the local radio station, WTNS 99.3, the spirit of Coshocton. Um, little shout out to them. Um Went to school, um, didn't finish it. I had a major identity crisis as to who I wanted to be. Um, but since I was, uh, I don't remember how old, since the the Mighty Ducks came out, fell in love with hockey. Uh, Tampa Bay was my primary team. Uh, huge Martin St. Louis fan. Uh, move on to 2000, the Jackets come barreling into town. Um, and then just for years, I just kind of couldn't decide what I wanted to, to really do with my life. And then I fell back in love with journalism. And I kind of put my two, of course, other than my husband and my family and my four pets, you know, put my other love uh, of hockey into it. Um, started with, at the time, it was the Sin Bin back in... August of 2019, been covering the monsters ever since. And now I'm heading into my third season and here we are. That's amazing. I mean, I think Jeremy and I can both attest to um, making the decision to make hockey and our love of hockey, like part of what drives us and what we do every day. And um, adding that to adding to making it more than just a hobby or um, something. So we can definitely, relate to that. And, you know, speaking of the monsters, can you tell us all about what was happening about a hundred miles north on I-71 this past season? How did the team navigate the taxi squad and, you know, how did they perform overall? Well, honestly, I think they navigated the taxi squad really well to the point that it probably influenced some of the uh, Jackets organization's off-season move. I mean, they had to do pretty much all season without the services of Zach Dalby, uh, Stefan Mateau, Ryan McInnes, players like that for pretty much, like I said, the entire season. They had Zach Dalby for a few games, enough for him to be able to skate with the captain's C on it, and then we never really saw him again. Um, and honestly, they fared just fine. But wait. Not seemed, I mean, they did absolutely fine. I mean, they finished, uh, I think about like a 0.6 points percentage, which that's what the AHL went by in terms of standings. 10th in the league, second in the central division, which was better than the season prior when they finished eighth in the North division and 15th in the Eastern conference. So uh, that was a little difficult, but Fun fact, um, just to kind of give you an idea of how challenging this last season was for the Monsters, when the puck dropped on the season, they had as many rookies as they had returning Monsters players at eight each. Ooh. <laughs> and most of those rookies were on 
amateur tryout contracts too. So they weren't even like fully contracted players. That's how crazy that offseason was up there. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's things that I just don't think Blue Jackets fans are ever super aware of. Like they know the they know the players who are in the organization, but they don't know a lot of the guys who are down there trying to make their way through and and onto onto the squad. So, uh that's really good insight. And I think like to your point and you kind of talked about how a lot of what happened this season in Cleveland, or I guess like what didn't happen this season in Cleveland influenced some of the Jackets offseason moves. Um, some of those prospects that we talk about spent a fair amount of time in Cleveland and some even ended up being rewarded with, um, you know, contract offers and entry-level contracts from the team, uh, from the Blue Jackets rather, uh, as a result. And so players like Liam Foodie, Trey fix how do you say that? I've been Trey? wondering... Trey Fix Wolanski. Wolanski. Okay. I yes. I have wondered every time I see it, I'm like, I will get this wrong for sure. So Fix Wolanski, um, you know, Tyler Angle. So I mean, of those players, you know, who of them stood out the most to you? Do you see uh them possibly having the opportunity? I think most people expect Liam Foodie to have an opportunity to make the team in Columbus, but who is like your sleeper pick out of all of those players to have a real impact on the Blue Jackets moving forward? Well, Trey Fix Wolanski, I felt so bad because he was doing so well um, whenever the season first opened, but his season got cut way short. Um, he only got to play nine games, but he was at a point per game pace, uh, four goals, five assists. Uh, but I will say whenever the season started, he was pretty peeved that he did not make the Ross, the Jackets roster off a training camp. And it was evident in the way he played, he in the way he uh, talked to 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 everybody. Like you could just tell, like he's like, I, I've put in the work, I'm good enough, I can be up with the jackets. And some of the plays he made were just awe inspiring. And honestly, I'm wondering if the jackets aren't starting to see him as like the Cam Atkinson heir apparent, because he's five foot seven, right winger. Uh, nice, you know, good, a pretty decent player, a little undersized, but you just have to wonder what that season was going to actually hold for him if he didn't get knocked out so early. Um, you also mentioned like Tyler Angle, Carson Meyer, Liam Foodie. I mean, Angle and Meyer honestly played their way into NHL contracts last season. I mean, they were both Blue Jackets draft picks, but they had not been signed to entry-level contracts. So they were on just AHL deals with the Monsters. But honestly, the three of them, I kind of all kind of keep lumped together in, in, in my mind. Like those three belong together, and they're all, I think they're all going to kind of like make the moves at the same time. I mean, when Foodie was finally sent down after sitting on the taxi squad and just kind of squandering his talents there, the trio just came out of nowhere and just shined. I mean, Angle was a little over a point per game. Foodie had like 16 points in 12 games. Meyer was a little under a point per game. I mean, I think there is a fit. Absolutely. 100%. The question is, when? And can they at least keep Meyer and Foodie together? Because those two on the penalty kill generate chances like nobody's business. 
And it's that's something that the Jackets have kind of been missing since like Matt Calvert and William Carlson have left the organization. So definitely, I mean, they are just monsters, pardon the pun, <laughs> uh, when, when it comes to, to special teams. Um, but those two are going to be, I mean, they have a very similar mindset and they can be a dazzling left and right wing pair for pretty much any center you put them on. Um, another player that kind of really made a name for himself last season was Ole Bjorkvik Holm. So he's only 19. And the only reason he got to play in Cleveland last season was because the Ontario Hockey League opted out of the of their season. They had to cancel it um, just because of the COVID pandemic up in Canada. Um, so while he did well, he's not currently actually under contract with the Jackets. He, they just have his rights to the draft picks. So more than likely, he's going to go back to the OHL, maybe spend another season or so there before actually making the jump over to the Jackets organization full time. Awesome. I mean, I love hearing the the way that not making the Blue Jackets like main roster is like being used as fuel for the fire. And I especially like, I understand as, I mean, cause the Blue Jackets were off to a rough start from the get, like it, it was not great. No one's going to argue with that. And so I can only imagine what the fellas in Cleveland were thinking as they're like, why aren't you giving me an opportunity? Like if you're just going to, be this way and have all this drama like at least let's you know rotate through some talent so i'm glad that you know a good chunk of them were using that as you know fuel to really show what they're worth in cleveland and you know i always get frustrated whenever someone's like you know why why did you send foodie to cleveland it's like he needs ice time like, if they're not going to give him ice time in Columbus, like, let the kid have ice time in Cleveland. Let him play. Let him show. Like, you know, I I hate when people are, like, mad when we, like, send people to play in Cleveland. It's like, they need ice time. If we can't give it to them, let them have it so they can keep playing and don't get, you know, stagnant or anything like that. Um, but, well, oh, yes, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was I was going to say, like, the cool thing, too, about Cleveland and Columbus is at least this last season, um, of course, John Tortorella was a coach of the Jackets and Mike Eves is the head coach of Cleveland. They kind of have they had this this understanding that the systems throughout the entire organization are going to be the same. So the way that Columbus plays is going to be the way that Cleveland plays. That way, whenever a player goes up, player comes back down, they know their role and it's seamless. All, you know, it's the same play, same system, just different parts, different players. So Columbus is lucky in that. So yes, absolutely. To I mean, I totally second what 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 you had to say. You know, it's don't let them. <laughs> kind of wither away on the fourth line up in Columbus when they can be first line down in Cleveland. Exactly. And it's all about getting them time and experience. And the more they, the more they play, the better they get. So, I mean, you know, that's just how it works, but 
There's one other person who didn't play a ton for the Monsters, but has definitely started making some waves. And early on in us doing the podcast, we interviewed Mark Scheig um, right around the draft um, or the trade deadline. And he had a lot of feelings about this person. So I want to ask you, is uh, Tarasov the future of uh, Blue Jackets goaltending? I don't want this to sound like a cop-out answer, but right now, possibly. Uh, with with me, I don't think he's had enough time on North American ice for us to truly say, yes, 100%, let's trade everybody else, let's go with Tarasov, find him a backup, and everything's going to be awesome. It's too early to say that yet. Um, whenever he first came over to Cleveland, I really kind of watched how he did with different shots on different areas of the ice. Honestly, the shots with traffic, especially from farther out, so closer to the blue line, out past the, the face-off circles, he really struggled with those. I don't know if it's just an issue of the different angles than what they had over in the KHL. I mean, but from down low, he is stellar. And then he makes those really fun, like snappy glove saves that just thrills the fans. So, of course, they loved him up there. Um, Situational awareness, he's top notch, uh, especially for a goalie as young as he is. I have to think back to, it was like late April, I think. He um, had a shot cut come in it started to go five you know how they do the they crouch down and they kind of trap the puck well he didn't quite get it and it started to trickle back I don't know how he knew that it was going through but all of a sudden you see him kind of glance back and then just dive on it and just by that much he saved it from going in I mean I can still hear like the gasp of oh no you know in in the 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 Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, I almost said Nationwide Arena. That's not where they play. <laughs> but I can hear that gasp of the fans just, okay, he got it. We're good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fine. So possibly I just need to see a little bit more of him on, on North American ice and to truly see him in a full starters role before I can say, yes, he is who we're going to go or who the – organization is going to go with moving forward i will say it's a good problem to have right like <laughs> to to have this like just like line you know waiting for the crease in, in columbus and so i'm not mad about it and i'm sure most people who are listening aren't but it is a fascinating conundrum so one player that is like baffles me and like came out of nowhere um is is tyler sakura who did not does like is not like a blue jackets draft pick has, has been a pretty much like a career um minor league player both in the echl and in the ahl um last year signed a contract with the cleveland monsters um after a season um with the rock hogs and so uh or ice hogs rockford ice hogs my fault um and so, <laughs> rock hogs somebody needs to get on that that's good too um gets himself instead of re-signing with Cleveland uh, on a, you know, on an AHL deal signs an NHL two-way deal 
um, with the the main club. So uh, could you fill us in a little bit on him and just kind of like your thoughts on why he earned that on that earned that deal? Out of all of the monsters players, I last season I was probably highest on him, especially when it came to power play time. Um, just from the the moment I got to interview him for the first time, just a you could just tell he kind of just oozes that confidence. Although oozes is kind of a weird word, I guess. <laughs> like really, that's the word I chose to use. Anyway, um, he just has this confidence about him. You can tell he's a really good leader, um, really well spoken, great with the you know with, with his teammates, with the media, but. Man, if you like that kind of like dirty, gritty player that gets down low to make the nice tight screen on the goalie to do the tip in, especially on the power play, Tyler Secura is your man. Um, he produced a lot. He skated a lot on that top line. He was kind of pretty much all season the only constant on that top line. And no matter who... Uh, coach Eves put on either side of him he did amazing he was just constant I don't can't really I mean stable he's just a good player I'm very happy to to see him on that that two-way contract now I think he more than deserves it 21 points in 29 games 11 goals 10 10 assists he's kind of a do-it-all type of, of of player and I hope Columbus gets to see him a little bit yeah, that I mean, those stats alone, I mean, I just, I have so much, like, as as a newer fan, I've been in this situation for about four years now, and as I'm expanding my knowledge of players and how the system works and bringing up, you know, these prospects and young players and all this sort of stuff, I just love hearing these great stats and how they're going to eventually, hopefully, lead to even better things when they get called up but for right now for the for the Cleveland fans like that's just these are some incredible players that they're getting to watch and I know one of the players that a lot of people are hoping we get to see more of is Igor Chinnikov um and my question is if he doesn't make the CBJ roster this season where could you see him potentially fitting in with the monsters first thing i have to say is oh my goodness what about what a stacked right wing roster i mean if jenikov goes down to the monsters you're going to be looking at gerby foodie meyer and trey fix Wolanski, all in addition to igor jenikov that's i can't fathom that that's going to be so much fun but who in the world do you stick on that fourth line? Um, I mean, honestly, if he goes to the Monsters again, he's going to be battling constantly for those top three lines, which I could see coaches shuffling around a lot in my mind. They're going to prioritize, like, probably like Chinnikov, Fix Wolanski, and Foodie, maybe. I'm not quite sure. Um, but in terms of like where like line mates, I think he would be right at home with Tyler Secura as his center. I mean, that's like I said, a stable veteran. He's got really decent um, defensive responsibility, 
and can play a two a really good 200 foot game, which are areas that Chinnikov kind of needs a little bit more development on. And if Chinnikov doesn't make the the big club, those are going to be the two reasons why, in my mind. Yeah, I mean, like you said, that's that's a strong right wing like contender. You know, so there's going to be a lot of decisions and they're going to get to play, you know, what was our favorite game with Torch, which is like boggle of players. Like, <laughs> let's throw them all in a hat and see what happens. Um, but that is it's such a strong presence on that right side. And so it's it's going to be fun to watch and see what that combination can do if they all land in Cleveland. And I really don't know that the monsters are going to have to worry. I mean, like, especially like when you're talking like the depth, hopefully the monsters don't have to worry about whether or not the AHL playoffs were expanded, but they were um, to like a very like out of the box um, kind of, kind of model. One that I don't think you would probably predict to be um employed and so could you talk to us a little bit about the changes and the introduction of a 23 team playoff in the AHL what's the good what's the bad what's the ugly of the of the situation well good well I mean do you like playoffs does there fans love playoffs right (laughs) so more than likely your team's gonna get in and those teams that don't ouch (laughs) because you know like you said 23 teams are going to make the playoffs this year so all but two teams in each of the four divisions are going to qualify could you imagine being those last two teams and seeing everybody else up there just going oh okay moving along to the golf course now (laughs) but again um just like last season the ahl the teams are not playing the same amount of games again. They're working towards that. It won't be this season, but it'll be the season after where they will have a more unified schedule. So again, it's going to be based on points percentage. So format first round, it's a play in format. Um, The top two teams in the Atlantic, the top three in the North, which is where Cleveland will be returning to, now that the border's open, you know, and they can play the the teams up in Canada now and, of course, the Central. And then the top team in the Pacific will get buys into the next round, round two. Everyone that's left is going to be a best of three series. Move to the semifinals, best of five. The remaining rounds will be best of seven. So the good, like we said, more teams are getting in Coming off of a pandemic season where some teams never got to have fans in the seats, the teams need that gate revenue. They need that badly. So that's going to help them playoffs, bring the fans. Hopefully the world's in a little bit of a better place. They can kind of pack their their arenas, get that money. Plus it gets young prospects, a lot of great playoff experience. That's something that the AHL prides itself on is being a true development league for the NHL. So of course, all of, you know, all of the, the NHL clubs are going to love that for their young players. The bad again, is going to go back to the, the NHL. This actually may hurt some NHL teams who are going to want their top prospects or may need them 
in a playoff push or to help plug holes whenever there, there's the inevitable injury in the playoff. Yeah, that was just crazy to me that they were going to switch to this. It just reminds me of the bubble. Like, it just reminds me of last summer going into the bubble, all of these teams, like, and then just these poor, sad, like, couple of teams in each division that were like, well, I guess we don't get to hang out. So that's fun. Um, I mean, but you're right. It definitely makes for more opportunities for, you know, more teams to see playoff level hockey, like, more opportunities as we're hopefully working our way out of um, the last 18 months of COVID. And as we continue through, like these teams need, you know, fans in the stands and they need that not only for the energy, but for the revenue as well. Um, and yes, I am going to call him out because this happened to me once before is Jeremy's laptop's about to die. So he's running to get his charger. Um, but it's okay. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to girl chat. It's fine. Um, but you know, so, so seeing that, and I know Jeremy and I have definite plans. We're going to be going to more monsters games this season. We're definitely going to be paying more attention, but I think for someone who covers the monsters full time, you know, if you could have the opportunity to make a pitch to any Colum- you know, any Blue Jackets fan who's not following the Monsters or have it, or who hasn't gone to a Monsters game before, like, what would you say to convince them to hop on the bandwagon and to start, you know, learning more about, you know, our system? Okay, so it is no secret that the Blue Jackets are in a pretty much a full-out rebuild, right? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> Where's that talent coming from? Their prospects. Where do the prospects hone their, hone their craft? Cleveland. And honestly, watching Monsters hockey games has been beyond fun and exciting. Um, like I said, I'm going into my third season. Before that, I was a fan. Like, I was there during their Calder Cup run. I was, you know, glass seats with my husband the night that Oliver Bjorkstrand scored that overtime goal. I still get goosebumps <laughs> just thinking about it. So I was a fan before then. Those games are so much fun. They have a group of really talented, passionate players and coaches that honestly give it their all every night. And if nothing else, the fans up there make it so entertaining. But if I had one reason... It would be, it's the rebuild. We want to watch this kind of unfold because this could be something extremely special. Go support the the guys up in Cleveland. Yeah, because they're, I mean, like you said, they're going to play such a crucial role in where this team is, you know, where this franchise is in, you know, the next two, three, five years. And, you know, if you are... Who knows what the Blue Jackets are going to look like? Who knows? And But if you're getting frustrated, like, more than likely, the Monsters are going to be doing some really incredible things. So if you need that, like, pick-me-up scenario where you're going to go see a team win, like, hey, it's not that far to get to Cleveland. And I can tell you right now, Jeremy and I, we haven't been since before um, COVID, but when we went out to Cleveland, we had the best time. There are so many fun in arena things that they do during the games. 
that make it worth it alone. Not to mention their Friday situation. We went on a Friday um, where, you know, $3 beers, $2 pops and dollar hot or $2 hot dogs, dollar pop. Like that is insane and like well worth the trip as is. Um, but yeah, it's about encouraging these, you know, guys that are going to be the, I know he doesn't use this saying anymore, but the bricks in John Davidson's plan to get this, you know, get the Blue Jackets back to, you know, hopefully Stanley Cup contenders. But look who's back. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Hi, Jeremy. Hello. He might have found his charger because it says it's not charging, but hopefully it just stays to life. We're hoping. We're praying. Um, It says says the battery, the power source is a power adapter, so I feel like we're safe. I feel like we're safe, friends. Yay. I know. What a treat. But... We were just talking about how much fun you and I had when we went to Cleveland. Oh, without a doubt. It was so good. Laura's Laura's nieces and nephews or niece and nephews were a lot more preoccupied with the ice cream situation. But it was also really fun to <laughs> to, uh, to introduce them to to Monsters Hockey. I enjoyed that a lot. Yes, they, they liked the ice cream, they liked the cheerleaders, they liked the ice dancers that performed at halftime or halftime at intermission and <laughs> i was gonna um, say wait what <laughs> what sport are we talking about <laughs> and then my niece uh once she started seeing jeremy and i cheering she then started cheering um and so we got two out of the three of them to still like hockey after that but my, my oldest nephew was like Please don't make me go back again. Uh, literally said that verbatim as we were <laughs> leaving oh, the no. arena. But he was if growing I... pains, so he just didn't feel oh. good. <laughs> Poor guy. But if I could offer a pro tip, not to you know dig on the monsters or anything, don't go when they're playing Grand Rapids. <laughs> Grand Rapids has Cleveland's number all the time. They just, it doesn't, no, it just didn't work. (laughs) It never works against them. I don't know what it is about the Grand Rapids Griffins, but oh my gosh, they struggle. (sighs) But, you know, of course they struggled with them, but yet I believe they went undefeated against the team, you know, Cleveland went undefeated against the team that took the Central Division last year. I mean, let's figure that one out, but it feels like I'm very, just a reporter. <laughs> it feels very blue jackets like in like the mid teens where like they would like lose to teams that they like should absolutely beat and just like crush everybody else. Or just anytime they played Chicago this past season. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. Like, it was. Just the mid teens. <laughs> fair. Fair. <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> Tongue in cheek, just the mid teens. No. Yeah, right. <laughs> when did the team start? Two thousand. Since then, perhaps. Um. Yeah. No. Very true. <laughs> so no, that is. This is before you ask your question, Jeremy. This is a good time for you to reference your favorite tweet as of late, 
um, about Blue Jackets fans. Oh, Greg um, Wyshynski's tweet. <laughs> uh, during, during ESPN's coverage of the draft where Emily Kaplan was in Columbus, um, the Blue Jackets' third pick of the first round was made by a uh, season ticket, like a like a day French, one. yeah, day one season ticket holder. And Greg Wyshynski tweeted, a quote, day one season ticket holder of the Columbus Blue Jackets has seen some shit. <laughs> I thought that that was so funny. Um, I was too young to have tickets, but yes, I can confirm uh, day one, any sort of capacity, even Miley paying attention to the jackets. We have seen some shit go down. Uh, we all need therapy, don't we? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably one of my, per- like off of my personal Twitter's most viral tweet was when I said being a Blue Jackets fan is the hardest thing that I do. I don't even know if that's incorrect. I work with fraternities and sororities during my day job, and I think being a Blue Jackets fan is the hardest thing that I do. Uh, I I could, uh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. So the hard-hitting question, it's the reason we brought you on the podcast, obviously, is if you were the owner of the Cleveland Monsters, Ooh. would you change the name Back to the Lake Erie Monsters. Um, is that a rhetorical question? Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, I'm like also in that camp where I think it's absolutely ludicrous absolutely. that they changed it to Cleveland, but. <laughs> I mean, I kind of get it because it's the same guy that owns the Cleveland Cavaliers. He wanted the colors to be the same. He wanted Cleveland and Cleveland. But there was something so awesome about it being the Lake Erie Monster. It was just, it had that, I don't know that extra. I don't even know the right word for it. It just, it was just so neat. That doesn't do it justice. Oh, I'm with you. My brain is failing right now. It's yes, absolutely. A hundred percent. Change it back. Dan Gilbert, please change it back. (laughs) Well, and I think just with like the illusions of, or not even the stories that are there about Cleveland and more specifically their water supply. Um, you know, it's kind of scarier to think about a monster coming out of Lake Erie or surrounding Cleveland waterways than just a monster in Cleveland. So, yeah, I would be all for them changing it back to the Lake Erie monsters. I mean, they even do like on ice projections of like the monster swimming around and breaking up through the ice or I... I can't remember what season it was, but I remember looking up at the Jumbotron and like they showed like the monster fin like going through the the rivers, you know, coming out, you know, swimming up through until they get to the rock and mortgage field house and then it comes out through the ice and stuff. It's like, okay, you have all the makings of something really awesome and then you change it. What in the world are you doing? It's but awesome. I'm not him, so I don't Fair. get to make those decisions. Well, if we had the power to make you him, we would. I would like that. <laughs> <laughs> My financial problems are gone. Yay. What do you mean? Like reporting isn't isn't making you as much money as Dan Gilbert? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's – I mean, it's – all in how you look at it. Do you want to run quick in loans or do you want to be down in the trenches with the players and the fans and stuff? I would much rather have 
this. I agree with you fullheartedly. But if I could have him pay off my student loans or something, that'd be awesome. You're hearing it here first, Dan. <laughs> yeah, Please. amen to that. If he wants to tack on these two as well, we would we would happily enjoy loan loan payments to be gone. <laughs> it could be a great marketing tactic. It really could. I mean, like he's got like a. I know they usually do mortgagey stuff, but like let's talk about it. Um, but. Dina, we appreciate you so much for coming on and talking all things Cleveland Monsters with us today. Where can our listeners find you? How can they support what you're doing? Um, yeah, just give us all the plugs. All right. So you can find me on Twitter at FPHMonsters. Um, and all my written work is over at fieldpasshockey.com. Com. Sorry, I almost said .net. The old website used to be .net when, when we were the Sinfen. So I'm still getting used to saying .com. So yeah, Twitter there. Um, this We have a YouTube channel where you can find, um, we're going to start having a lot of great uh, video content coming this up, upcoming season. Uh, my podcast is on there, or you can find it um, on Spotify and kind of Basically, wherever you find all of your other favorite podcasts, I'm on there. Should be getting back in the saddle of that again real soon. I wish we could have talked to her for like a million more hours because I could honestly talk to her for forever about monster hockey, about hockey in general, about life. Dina's just so much fun. And I'm so glad that we are introducing all of our listeners to her um because she's just got all, so much exciting stuff coming up um particularly she's gonna get to hang out with you a lot more uh because yeah. we haven't talked about it yet but jeremy has accepted a pretty awesome opportunity mm -hmm. that i'm gonna let him talk about because i'm very very proud well, thank you, friend. Yeah, I'm going to be covering, I'm going to be a beat writer for, for Field Pass Hockey, which, you know, Dina talked about that being her role as the editor and writer for the Monsters. And uh, I'll be covering the Rochester Americans. So, um, yeah, if you're interested in following that along, like if you're really trying to learn more about AHL hockey and you want to learn more about the Rochester Americans, which are uh, the... Um, AHL affiliate of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, you're going to want to follow follow me. You can uh, follow me at, at FPH Americans. So uh, really exciting stuff. I'm looking forward to it. And similarly to the to the monsters in Columbus, like obviously Sabres fans have seen some shit. And so um, so I think Rochester is going to be important to, to Sabres fans for a few years. So <laughs> it'll be fun to be a part of that. Um, but like you said, like I could have talked to Dina for hours. And honestly, like after we were finished recording, we kind of did. And I live for every second of it. Uh, so uh, speaking of like some like prospecty kind of moments, um, the Blue Jackets signed Andrew Peake, um, or re-signed Andrew Peake, I should say. Uh, he was the last one. He was the lone soldier waiting last for a contract. Party. I know. He was like, okay, but y'all going to give me some money? Y'all going to give me some dollars. And finally, the Blue Jackets do give him some dollars. I will say that it's less dollars than I expected it to be. Uh, listen, not that I'm upset about it or anything of the sort, but it's a two, 
um, a two-year contract. Uh, it is for um, seven eighty-seven, like seven hundred eighty-seven thousand dollars a year AAV. So can't get much cheaper than that. So I'm not mad. Yeah, I mean, we were just kind of waiting, and he finally signed the paper. So we're good. We're all we're all done with RFA's for this off season. Um, obviously still some things can happen as we, um, go through the next few weeks leading up to when camp is going to start. Um, but yeah, it's been pretty, pretty ghost towny in Blue Jackets land. And it's going to kind of continue to be ghost towny. Laura and I are, we've got some fun ideas for the future episodes where there might not be a ton to cover. So you'll want to get excited for that. Um, in the same way that we tease this week's guest, um, I have to tease next week's guest because I'm super excited about it. Oh, I'm um, so excited. Yeah, right, me too. This person has blown up over the past couple of years in the city of Columbus. And, um, you know, he has been warming our Instagram feeds and warming our hearts and eventually warming our bellies with, with some of his creations. And so we will leave it at that. But if you are a detective, maybe you can figure out who we're talking about. This person's a pretty big Blue Jackets fan. So um, he, also works, he also works some magic in the kitchen. He does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean like a little bit of like a following a yellow brick road kind of moment. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. But much like his business, his name shall remain top secret. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. If people we're don't know, who, if people don't know who we're talking about, um, <laughs> so get excited for that one. Uh, but hopefully, the Blue Jackets don't really do much over the course of the next few weeks because, as we've talked about on the podcast before, Laura and I work in higher education, and for those of you who might not have. You might not yourself be in higher education right now or might not have a loved one going through higher education. Uh, August sucks. (laughs) August is busy uh, because everyone comes back. And so uh, if Yarmo could could, could keep sipping a long drink and... You could just give us through to like the end of the first week of September. That's all we're asking. It's really not a lot. Um, but like I, like I said to Jeremy earlier tonight, it's definitely going to be a hold your beer moment, I'm sure, slash hold yeah, a line of drink because Yarmo's finished. And he hopefully he's finished. Un- now you put it out there. You made a pun. So now I'm, he's just gonna. But I mean it. I know. I don't have time. Neither do I. Uh, But we will make time. But you know what I have time for? What? The fact that our merch is free shipping. If you spend $45 and more through August 22nd. You're stealing my thunder. I feel like I could throw the merch plug out there because you trust me, you still got plenty I'm, more to talk about. I'm wearing it. Though. Right. I was gonna I was gonna have you model for the people who are listening and won't ever watch this. <laughs> Every time we do anything that models something and I'm like, oh, we probably won't clip this. I'm like, the people who are listening in their car are like, okay, guys, stop being weirdos. Like, what the fuck? 
Um, wait, that might be our first fuck of the episode. We're almost yeah. done. We were very profanity light today. Do you want to get one out? Or are you good? I would just like for motherfuckers to stop trying to cause drama with Cam. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He That's loves fair. Columbus. Stop trying to find things that don't exist. He yeah. may not play here anymore, but he's already said it. He loves Columbus. He's going to keep building his business in Columbus. He's going to return to Columbus after he retires. Let it go. Yeah, I forgot. I, I figured that if I gave you that space, you would use that F-bomb for that specifically. He who should not be named, because I'm not giving this Twitter person any sort of um, cred, but my favorite thing about this situation was every single comment that he got was a fellow fifth liner and even some people who aren't even really Columbus fans that were like, you're making stuff up. Like you're making stuff up for people to click on your link. So stop trying to shade the Cam Atkinson. He loves Columbus. I, I watched it. Homeboy jumped to a lot of conclusions. <laughs> <laughs> he really made some leaps. Like he re- might want to like stretch before he reaches that far again because he will pull a hammy. Like that was a stretch. But well, now that we both got our F's out of the system. We did. Go buy did. our merch. Go buy our merch. <laughs> but no, as Jeremy said, we we do have free shipping on our merch store this month until August 22nd. You need to spend $45 or more to get it. And all you need to do is use promo code FREESHIP821. Um, and that will get you free shipping on everything we have in the store. Um, so cute t-shirts like the one I'm wearing right now. Mugs, stickers, magnets, all sorts of stuff. And it would really help us out. Like we said, it's going to be a crazy busy next few weeks. So a few extra dollars for us to be well caffeinated um, slash well fed if we don't have to cook would be lovely. So help us out, friends. Buy some merch. And then if you get some merch, send us a picture. We'll put you on our social media. We will. Speaking of our social media, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. At Subjectively Pan, we are five people, five people away from reaching the 500 mark on Twitter. I know you can do it, friends. I'm probably going to make Jeremy make a graphic sometime before we get super busy that says, like, help us get to 500. Because that would be really great to start the semester positively. It would be. Um, Because, you know, we love all of you and we love interacting on social media. Um, You can also follow us on Facebook at Subjectively Speaking. You can check out our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com, if you want to learn a little bit more about Jeremy and I. Um, Yeah, we just, we have all the things and we just love interacting with all of you. And we're probably going to have some more merch designs as we get closer to the season starting. And yeah, we're just, you know, we love you guys. We do. So until the chance that we get to come back to you again, 
Say a prayer for your friends who are working in higher education because mama, we need it. But take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we will talk to y'all very soon. Bye.